This is The Braither Point. In Deep State USA, the FBI doesn't solve crime, it manages crime. The CIA doesn't collect intelligence, it collects people. The courts don't meet justice, they deny it. The news doesn't report the news, they contort it. The deep state doesn't serve, it enslaves. But slavery is a choice. A slave submits. The cage is safe. The chains certain. Freedom is dangerous. The opposite of slavery is freedom. The opposite of a slave is a warrior. The enslaver demands submission. Say as you are told. Do as you are told, or else. The slave submits. A warrior refuses to submit. A warrior is dangerous, free, uncontrollable, unstoppable, relentless. I will never be a slave. I am a warrior. What are you? I'm also a retired soldier, special agent, and spy, turned whistleblower, warrior. Served and sabotaged, rejected and redeemed, failed and forgiven, betrayed and saved, rejecting revenge, humbled and blessed, repurposed in redemption as chaplain, leader, teacher, and truth teller. Now your intelligence officer, following God, leading my family, and any that choose to join on our long walk to faith and freedom. Welcome everybody. I'm Jeff Prather, and this is the Prather Point. Happy to be with you today. If you haven't yet, please go to jeffreyprather.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Subscribe for free updates. For a deeper dive, go to patreon.com. And I have five, 15, and $25 level subscriptions, five curated news stories, uh, 15 transcripts. I just transcripted. um, Sean just transcripted uh, uh, my wife's chapter flicked versus uh, con- uh, condemn- <laughs> conflict to conviction. Uh, and also she asked me to put out that there's a special meeting, Mrs. Major meeting. It's run at the bottom there Wednesday night reference Patriot switch. That's the, uh, that's the anti big box patriotic Christian oriented company that we are supporting. If you'd like to join her in that call, uh, you can email her at help at so uh, patreon.com slash uh, Jeffrey Prather, five fifteen twenty five dollars $25 levels. Also uh, jeffreyprather.locals.com. Uh, and uh, there's lots of new stuff in the shop there. There's a Parents versus Pedos cup and uh, T-shirts. Uh, the Jeb Rescue Kit uh, is still there. Going to have a special offer on uh, my books, a book set coming out uh, of Initiation and Chase signed one set. There's a limited number of those not from Amazon, but from me, if you're interested in those uh, as well, you can also go for help at jeffreyprather.com to order those, uh, that set coming up as well. Uh, Very excited today uh, to have a special guest. Uh, My friend uh, and real freedom attorney, Todd Callender is on. Uh, But first, just to mention the title, I've told you for many times, this show is uh, that whatever the uh, deep state is accusing you of, they're actually doing so the guys at the FBI who were accusing Trump of uh, being a Russian spy are, in effect, actual Russian spies. Uh, and former special agent in charge of the New York Counterintelligence Division, 
uh, was spying with the Russians, former special agent in charge, New York counterintelligence division, uh, and, fo- and a former Soviet and Russian diplomat uh, were arrested, Charles McGonagall. Now, he has just retired. Um, uh, and uh, while he was uh, accusing Trump, he was working for the Russians. Uh, and they are being charged uh, in the Southern District of New York, which is interesting because that's deep state central. That's where they go after Trump with one count of conspiring to violate and evade U.S. sanctions in violation of IEPA guidelines and one count of conspiring to commit money laundering and one count of money laundering. So that looks like a, that looks like a convictions light uh, to me, but we'll ask our alerted guest about that. But again, this to me looks like a deep state ploy, uh, along with the Biden document dump. Uh, they're finding documents everywhere all of a sudden. That's all a dangle uh, to keep your attention off other things. Now, Pence has found documents. None of that is real. That's a DOJ dangle. A dangle is an intelligence term where they want you to look in one place uh, while they do things uh, in other places. That's what I think that is all about. Uh, and uh, the uh, U.S. Marshals, who were brave and patriotic in Portland, and I was honored to help get them uh, anti-laser goggles because three of them had gotten blind, uh, are now submitting uh, to the Antifa protesters uh, at the Supreme Court Justice's house, particularly Kavanaugh's house, uh, saying, well, we don't want to arrest anybody. We'd make them martyrs. And it looks like the oldest federal law enforcement agency, the U.S. Marshals, uh, has finally been corrupted. They're down about 50, 60 percent strength. I've talked about that. I know them. Uh, but now it looks like they are, they are sold out and going along uh, with the uh, the Antifa extortion uh, plans, which is very, very sad to see. But this is all part of the collapse of the executive branch's Department of Justice. Uh, and that's very important to, to understand. Uh, meanwhile, the Atlanta protesters, five of the six ones uh, are not protesters, terrorists. They're doing that in in reaction to uh, Georgia State Police shooting one of their Antifa shooters. That's not allowed. Uh, They're only allowed to kill uh, patriots. uh, And they want to stop that Georgia Police Center from being built. They're not protesting the FBI billion-dollar headquarters in Huntsville, Alabama. That's fine. But this is not allowed to happen. Uh, And several of them are rich kids uh, that have been arrested uh, before. One is the daughter of a... uh, of a Democrat uh, congresswoman, I believe, and the other is a uh, son of a uh, millionaire. Got that here someplace. Um, yeah, millionaire main surgeon, son, 22, charged with domestic terrorism. Francis Carroll and Kenny Buckport, which is uh, deep state central where everybody's got their, their homes. Uh, but that just continues to show the corruption uh, of the system through infiltration, through espionage, So then it can be interdicted, sabotaged, which is why I'm always advocating counter espionage and counter sabotage legally, ethically, morally and nonviolently. But uh, because the system has been corrupted. But I really want to talk about this with my uh, friend and attorney, uh, freedom attorney and expert Todd Callender. So, Todd, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you back. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey. Always a pleasure. So. I have been, you know, I'm on your email chain where I'm seeing all the great work you guys are doing, but it's hard for me to keep up uh, with all the details because I came to my senses after one year in law school and left. Um, I was also terrible at it. 
but um, but first off, uh, in the fight for uh, lawful uh, a lawful country versus a lawless criminal corrupted court, uh, you know, a lot of us, including me, kind of feel that with the fall of Arizona, and today they're running hearings right now, they're, they're Carrie Lake's got stuff going on, and I'm, I'm following the attorneys that are involved in that, uh, but uh, is, the, is the system uh, irretrievably, irreparably uh, broken and fallen, uh, or is there still hope, and is that on the, just the local level or on the federal level too? Let's just kind of start there. Where's your perspective um, on lawfare? Well, I think that, that they, they being the owners, the people we've talked about before, the, the people that own the money supply uh, in every country of the world effectively, save a few important ones, including Russia, the, their motto is Ordo Ab Cal, Order Out of Chaos. And in order to bring in their new system of governance, something similar to the Chinese social credit system, they have to destroy everything including our, our esprit de corps, our, our love of our country, our love of our military, our belief in our judicial system, the belief in our, um, our law enforcement. Everything has to go. And so I think they, they are actually failing at this. And we make ground little by little. So by way of example, you know, the, the bioweapon called COVID was launched the response that was pre-canned and ready to go, you know, these mRNA shots, the adenovirus shots. And <clears throat> they tried to force them on everybody. And as you know, I sued the DOD because of that. They authorized the use of force against our own military with experimental shots. And what was interesting about that experience is hundreds of thousands of service members, instead of lining up to get their shots, said, no, we're not doing it. And it was by their campaign, their letter-writing campaign, they filed suits, they filed... Um, 138, Article 138, um, Inspector General reports, Nuremberg notices, exemptions. They papered the holy hell out of the DOD, which required a response. And the DOD was not prepared for that response, and they effectively ground the program to a halt. I'm saying this because that wasn't the program. That wasn't the plan. The plan was for everybody to do as they were told, take the shots, and everybody would be sick and dying, and our country would likewise be dying today. So while all of that's happening, it slowed them down literally by years and eventually actually undid it. You might have seen Congress and the National Defense Authorization Act force the DOD to rescind this order, which they actually didn't do. Um, but it's in the law nonetheless. And now we've got people, more people standing for themselves inside the military saying, I don't know, Congress said you had to rescind this. I'm not whole. The word rescind means make me whole. Even in our case, we got an order from the court just um, a few days ago. Actually, it's two weeks all said and done. But we supplied our brief two days ago um, on this very issue. Is all of this moot in the military? Does that order moot? The answer is no, because we have continuing harm. The, the point here is that it's a mixed bag in terms of our government. They want it dead. They, they stuck to their timeline. And they did this declaration of North America, which is effectively um, the equivalent of when our founding fathers made the Declaration of Independence. This is the declaration of the, the death of our country, right? That's what was ruled out by Biden, uh, Obrador, and Trudeau uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was, the, from international law perspective, the end of the United States of America. But you know what? America's not dying so quick. It's not dying so easily. They open the borders, they flood it, um, and yet people are finding their American belief and their strength and their standing. 
So it, we've got this strange hodgepodge about people that were bought and paid for um, by the owners. They, they're just you know actors in this great giant scheme, a facade. But then there's real people, um, judicial um, and otherwise, at the local level who are saying no, at the personal level, no, I'm not going with that. America's not dead. I'm standing for it. So we're in a real dichotomy right now. Um, but I, it gives me a tremendous amount of hope that this many people are standing. I hope that a- answers your question. Yeah, it does. So I'm going to pause here for a second. I'm just going to uh, go ahead and leave um, YouTube uh, so that I still have, I'm still on there sneakily, but if I stay on there, they'll cancel me again because they've canceled me a bunch of times and Facebook, I'm down <laughs> now. And Instagram, I'm gone. Uh, so we're off YouTube. I but I don't think, uh, well, no, that's fine. But so uh, I, that was a really interesting statement. Every time I have you on, you give me a better perspective. The last one was, you know, when you said the Supreme Court was fighting back um, uh, versus Brunson. And yeah. I think you were right, but I just think they then tried to kind of walk in the middle of the road, which means, you know, you get squished in the middle of the road. Mr. Miyagi I, said that. I famously. think they got what they wanted. Uh, really? Yeah, I do. So, you know, Brunson was a threat. You got the the uh, clerk for the Supreme Court goes to the pro se litigant and says, hey, send in some more materials and here's what it should look like. Unheard of. Never happened in my in my experience or even never even heard of it before. Um, and and yet then the Brunson case goes up for their, their hearing as to whether or not they're going to grant certiorari or not. When last did you hear the Democrats talk about packing the court? That was the threat that was made to the Supreme Court. And I think they just used the Brunson case to say, you know what, we can overturn the election with a stroke of a pen. You leave us alone. I think they cut their deal. I think they got what they wanted and they used the Brunson case as a tool, as a, as a chip. And that's how DC operates wow. anyway. All these people are gangsters. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And it was, so it wasn't about restoring the constitution. It was no. about preserving their place on the court. That's right. Preserving their power because oh, that's, that's what it is, right? You got three parts of the government all fighting for power. And then, you know, you've been on the inside of it. You know how different agencies fight over turf and jurisdiction. Why? Because it makes them relevant. They get money and budget for that. And if you, if you screw with the Supreme Court, you screw with every court, frankly. Um, and I think the judiciary, this was their means of fighting back and saying, not so fast, Congress. You think you're going to do that? Watch this. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I don't think I fully understood that the last time we talked. So right there, that's that's very valuable. So uh, then the other point you're making that really made me just think was that they want us to think that uh, there's nothing valuable left in our current system. So we just give up on all of it. And so that's a PSYOP, just like COVID was a PSYOP. That's what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And and what's interesting about it, in in Declaration of North America, that in particular, that was predated, by the way, uh, by the Los Angeles Declaration, which um, effectively said, you know, all the borders are open. U.S. is no longer a country. Agenda 2030 is on the way. Um, A few days ago, you you had um, the governor of Florida in response to this that stood up and, and effectively declared Florida as a nation. So for purposes of international law, how are nations created? How are they recognized? How is one um, able to get sovereignty? 
there's a, a, a test. It's actually a series of elements and you tick them off. One, two, three. One of which, the most important of which is defined area. You have borders. This area is mine. I control it. I defend it. Right. That's how one stakes out sovereignty. It's why the, the Nazis dropped Nazi flags all the way around um, the, the Arctic and the, and the uh, Antarctic as well. It's why the U.S. planted the flag on the moon. They're claiming that territory as theirs. That's the first step, followed by defending it. So here you have the, the Declaration of North America saying there's no more borders. Right. They're undoing that test for sovereignty followed by um, Governor DeSantis, who says, no, 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 Florida is not going along with your program, and we're going to defend our borders. We don't have a National Guard. We have a state guard. And by the way, Florida law reigns supreme. We don't care what federal law you make about vaccine passports and this and that nonsense. Florida law applies, not your stupid laws. So according to international law, he effectively made the declaration of Florida as a nation. And I think you're seeing some other states doing that too. Texas and Oklahoma filed suit against the, uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and said, your power under the, the emergency declarations, the public health emergencies, is no longer valid in our state. Those are meeting those tests. Those acts are meeting the test of sovereignty. And I see that the states, not all of them, some of them are standing up and saying, I don't care if, you, if you're going to get rid of the national boundaries. Ours still exists. And don't forget, the, the federal government is comprised of the state governments. It's the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. The states reserve onto themselves their own sovereignty, and now they're asserting it. So it, it's really exciting uh, from an international law point of view, the lawyer point of view, to see all this happening because I, I can watch them tick back how many boxes of sovereignty have, have they applied. Wow. That, so that that is excellent. And the State Guard, I've been advocating that when I was uh, working with Mark Fincham, um, yeah. I was saying, hey, forget the National Guard. It should never have been the National Guard. It should have been the state militia. But let's get the state guard um, and create a counter uh, intelligence capability because in military yeah. units, there's a counterintelligence. And that's really to push back on the FBI coming in, which is what this did during He said, no, we're not going to give you federal. We're not going to let you federal uh, election monitors in because you're not monitors. You're saboteurs. Uh, and that's way beyond what Trump uh, was doing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, yeah, and you're right. Texas and Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's legislation for state guard just recently failed. I'm not sure where that is at in Texas. And, of course, Texas was their own republic for uh, 10 or 12 years before joining the union. Uh, and I've pulled up, I've, I've scrolled down to exactly what you said there is the six-month anniversary of the Los Angeles Declaration of Migration and Protection, um, referring to what you're, you're saying. So, so it's important for us to continue to keep um, hope and faith in our Constitution uh, and in our union, even though our republic has fallen, because part of that, part of the PSYOP is to demoralize us. That's so right. That's, that's brilliant. That's that's excellent. I love that. That's, and I that's think one awesome. of the, the most important parts. You always, you always give me this great perspective that I didn't have. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it could help. Because <laughs> I know there's, on, on the one side, there's the folks saying, arrest them. And I'm like, your head's not in a fight. Who's going to arrest them? And the other side, there's guys, there's ex-Special Forces guys who are like, I'm just waiting for it, for it to go kinetic and go with the Gs. 
you know, and we're yeah. not in either place. We're um, not. So we don't have to be. That's very. We don't have to be. So, you know, one of the things you've done, and this is where I, I wanted to actually get to in the conversation, you know, you and I put together a whistleblower symposium some months ago. We had a, a federal aviation law enforcement officer who, who did a whistleblower complaint to the inspector general in relation to the FAA's mandate on the shots. And he said, I'm not going to enforce those laws and I'm encouraging all my colleagues to do the same. And you were kind enough to come on as an example of that, that, you know, you were one of the original whistleblowers inside of the federal government and law enforcement and said, no, I'm not part, I'm not partaking in this nonsense. And um, what I wanted to people to see and, and that client in particular and others like him is that here you are, you know, this is 20, 30 years later, you're still going at it. You're, st you're still alive. You're unbridled every day out there. You're smacking the tar out of these bad guys. And um, and you're educating the populace. The, and it's what it does is it inspires people. It helps them find their courage and strength. And I appreciate that immensely. And that kind of goes to where, where it is all America needs to do. We need to follow that example in our personal lives. In order to save our republic, we have to make everybody else Americans with us. The most important thing we can do is preserve our culture. So, you know, five, 10, who knows, 15 million people coming across the border from all over the world. If we want to save our country, we have to make them into Americans. We have to insist that they learn our language, learn our cultures, practice it, grab them, bring them to your house, feed them a dinner and say, look, this is where you're at. You got to defend these borders. If you came here for a reason, you damn well better get on our side or that reason doesn't exist. You're going to be in the middle of a, of a civil war if you don't. But we stand together united in principles. And most of those people come across the border have the same principles we do, right? God, family, the two most important ones. Make our country their country. Um, and then we can do this. Irrespective of those people making these idiotic decisions in Washington, D.C., they don't count. None of them there lawfully. We invalidate them. Well, that's that's very well said. And I certainly agree with that. And I think that's why now uh, there's a lot of illegals from uh, not just Central and South America, because I've having worked Central and South America, I said these folks are family oriented, religious, hardworking, patriotic, and they're not going to buy into all your tranny, LGBTQ, whatever, and all that stuff. Yeah. They're just not like that. Um, that's right. And so. I think there are studies that show that the the Latin Americans that have come up are not buying into uh, all right. of that. Just like the Juan Seguin and others stood uh, with Bowie and Crockett uh, and were just as great patriots at the Alamo uh, as well. But to bring in, and I do believe right now in Oklahoma, they are training Ukrainian uh, National Guard. And I do believe yeah. that uh, the FBI is importing uh Ukrainian uh, Azov Battalion Nazis uh, and uh, uh, Afghanistan uh, Taliban or Al Qaeda uh, in to displace the populace uh, through kinetics. So does that lead to um, the doctrine of lesser magistrates for courts in Florida and Texas and Oklahoma and other free states? Before we even get to that, the answer is yes. Before we even get to that, this declaration, right? With the stroke of a pen, it turned our entire federal military apparatus, all of them, into mercenaries. If there is no longer a U.S. government, 
And who do they work for? Who is their oath of allegiance to? What constitution? If it was just undone, they're mercenaries. So does it surprise you now that our mercenaries are training other mercenaries? Right? Why, why, why does that no, happen and how does that happen? Well, and plus the, the recruitments are way down. All the, all the veterans that I know uh, and even younger veterans that I know are saying, hey, I'm not going to have my kids serve. And some of these families right. have served since the Revolutionary War. And they're like, nope, we're not we're not doing this anymore. Um, so I see here under the health. And- Sorry, Jeffrey. I was going to say that is the doctor. Yeah, this is the doctor. magistrates. Yeah. And so the tri- the trilateral health cooperation uh, sounds like the trilateral commission. And it's also yeah. now talking about uh, pandemic influenza for the, all the, all the uh, animals and crops, the vaccine, lettuce, the GMO, everything. Um, uh, so that, so let's talk then about uh, you're working with, uh, all the military uh, patriots who have rejected. I saw Davis Yance, who I've had on the show, on Tucker, uh, and I believe he represented the uh, the Navy ensign, former SEAL. Is that right? Yeah, he sure. Yeah, he sure did. With- and Davis is a tremendous guy. Yeah, our firms, we we all cooperate. Um, there, there's probably a hundred or so, so of us lawyers that cooperate on these things. Davis is one of them. He's a good guy. So I haven't gotten back to him yet, but I was it was interesting because I I used to talk to Tucker before I became persona non grata in the mainstream media, but I noticed that neither Davis nor Tucker mentioned that the Cominati, Cominati uh FDA approved jab for the military was never produced. That was not obviously that was not allowed to be said on yeah. Fox. Well, so, and it also was never but, licensed. But that's a misnomer. Well, what I, I, my question is, I think he knew he could only push yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, Davis did. And I think that Tucker knows he can only push so far, but he's slowly pushing. But what's your take on all that? Yeah, well, for sure, you're right. I'm Like you, I'm persona non grata. I went on Fox early on when I filed the lawsuit against the, the DOD. Um, and then very quickly thereafter, you know, made myself uh, unwelcome amongst all of them for the very reasons that you described. They are part and parcel to the problem. When you look at the amount of preparation it took to do this, including um, inventions that were patented to understand how the world would respond to these threats of pathogens, they actually patented such a device that was measured and used to underwrite insurance um, to prepay hospitals, CMS prepaid hospitals in advance of the pandemic uh, on the basis that they would provide occupancy um, and and a certain number of diagnoses and whatnot. When there's that much preparation going into it, don't you think that they got the media mouths, those enterprises also prepared? You know, they're all bought and paid for. I don't know how Tucker, you know, is able to get a little word in here and there and he's, he's growing more bold. It must just be because everybody else is sucking wind and they, they don't have any revenues coming in. Um, but it, And it's welcome, by the way. But other than that, other than that one show and, and maybe one other one, there is no help coming from the commercial media and it's not going to help. But I would point you to something that I take a lot of solace in. I think there's enough information. I think there's enough of us that, that we have a Nikolai uh, Soseku 
moment. If you remember back in 1989, Romania, you know, you had this dictator in form of Nikolai there, you know, preaching to his loyal people who were forced at gunpoint to come listen to him. And within three hours, he was in the back of the presidential palace getting shot. How did that happen? It's because the military turned on him. It's the, it wasn't just the, the populace. It was those guarding them that also turned on him. Here you've got a de facto dictator, right? The guy that, that calls himself president, giving away our country, destroying it bit by bit. How long is it going to take before those people protecting him say, no, this is too much, this is too far? And I think that's what we're seeing. We're, we're seeing people on the ground, people in the military saying, nope, not doing it, just as you mentioned. People aren't joining, but there are people in the military who filed these grievances that are still there, that are still being persecuted, who are not going to follow the orders. There is a new pandemic, a new pandemic coming. Bill Gates just told Australia it's coming. Um, how many people do you think are going to force people to take the shots at, at the end of a gun, given everything that we know now? I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I don't think so either. That's why I think that the uh, military-age fighting men in camouflage coming up through Nogales, where I worked, uh, those are the kinetic forces. Those are the uh, insurgents, the Gs that are being brought in. And I think in the cities where you see all of this, um, you know, there was just, I think five mass shootings in this month alone. Yep. I think a lot of those can be attributed uh, to insurgents coming in. It's not that the U.S. military is going to be doing the door kicking. Uh, it's uh, these uh, forces that are not in uniform, but they're they're very accustomed to violence uh, yep. that are doing the kinetic edge of it, along with the Antifa, which is you know Antifa.com still goes to WhiteHouse.gov. It's there. It's there. Um, covert militia for everything. Uh, yep. But you, I think you're right about the, the military, but let's, let's delve into that because the military uh, of all the federal government, the military has always been esteemed by the American people the most, especially now, uh, but it is very much uh, fallen. So where are we at in the, uh, because the 96% of the active duty and reserve forces have gotten the jab. So it effectively. Nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. Nowhere oh, really? near okay. that. Yeah, no, that's a misnomer. You know, the DOD likes to, to, you know, float that one around. We know it's nowhere near that because we've seen the, the DOD's own statistics um, that they've hidden from everybody. They, they've been lying the entire time. As many as 74% got one shot. As many as, not more than that. And that's only in the active duty. And it's far, far less than that in the National Guard. There were complete guard units that simply never were asked to take them, um, it, you know, depending on what their MOS is and what they were doing. So by and large, people were trying to get it. But we slowed them down with so many requests such that the NDA could, in fact, be passed. Now there is no hope of forcing everybody to get the shots. What they've done instead is switch to the other uh, annual required shots such as flu. We had a, a Navy member that reached out to us and said, okay, they're not forcing the COVID on me. You know, he's still on the ship, still pulling duty. Now they want me to take the flu shots. And what we came to find is they put the same hydrogel um, that is the problem, the primary problem in the COVID shots. They put that in the flu shots. They put it into insulin. They've put it into almost everything that's injectable. And people are coming to understand this. And what we're seeing in private practice, what we're seeing in, um, in our military clients is that wholesale 
people are rejecting all vaccines. They've come to understand all of this was a military program. This was a military operation to take out humanity. They've traced it back. That is, in fact, true. All of this was planned and executed, and it's actually really easy to figure it out. If you were sitting in Cairo in 1994 and 196 countries and territories agreed to kill 7 billion people, well, how would you do that? You'd make it a military operation. Well, whose military would you use? Well, who's the the biggest purveyor and catalyst of war on this planet? It's the U.S. All of the science, we've traced it back. All of it goes back to the U.S. DOD and DARPA, particularly the hydrogel. So this was a military operation the whole time. The way that the, the Constitution was suspended by the Declaration of a National Emergency, followed by a public uh, health declaration, was in concert with all the other countries on this planet. DODs talk to DODs or MODs. Um, and so now what you're finding is service members and others have figured this out. They know that now. And they are not going to participate and they are not going to force people to take the shots Anecdotally, I can tell you that we're in conversation now with uh, the medical people in the Navy on this particular ship and uh, onshore, showing them all of the ingredients of these mandatory flu shots and how poisonous they actually are. And they're actually taking notice. So now we've gone past private so-and-so saying, no, I'm not taking the shot, to the command and to the people in the medical staff that are questioning it. They're actually looking at the evidence instead of just following orders. So what, what was planned, the military medical marshal plan, the WHO intended to utilize to force everybody to t- take these shots at the point of a gun is not going to happen. And they cannot do that. They can't convince 5 billion or more people um, to, to take the shots because everybody's on to them. Their plan is failing horribly. All we need is this catalyst. All we need is for, for the awakening to reach kind of a fever pitch. And it's headed there now. Before all of these people that, that made these decisions, they're dust. They're going to be hung from lampposts. When people realize that they've been killed and they killed their own kids by coercion, by threat, by, by fraud, you know, these people got 30 days. They go from no cancer to dead in 30 days. 30 days is a long time for somebody to exact some revenge. I think that's what you're going to see globally. What you just you quoted one of my intros is string them up from lamppost when they figure out Ovalde and everything else coming. That, so what's the percentage that then took it? So I'm wrong. I and I was reading that off of Austin's um, yeah. reset yeah, he lied. order. Uh, of course he lied. I should have realized that. What what do you assess the print percentage that took it at 50, 40? We found in the government's computers, in the DOD's computers, that as many as, as best as they could figure, 74% took one shot. I think it's far, far less than that that, that took two. And I say that because we've represented that many service members that, that fought even their second shots and delayed and delayed and delayed every way they could. So I, I wouldn't even think it was 50% took two. It's probably 30, 40 took two shots. And very, very few took the boosters. Um, and, and what we now, found in that, sorry, Jeff, what I was going to say is what we found in that is that if somebody took one shot, they, they might have some problems. They took two shots, they clearly got problems. They took three and they're walking dead. So our military yeah. is not done yet is what I'm trying to say to you. Well, the, the, I can confirm talking to uh, Navy folks and Navy intelligence folks that they just and I, this, ha- this is something that everybody's done for a long time. They'll just put the, um, 
So they would uh, have their um, religious exemption stuff and they just put it in a desk and they were yeah. just holding a bunch of them. They weren't deploying them, uh, but they weren't turning them in either because they're so, uh, so low on essential personnel. And so right. essentially that has also countered uh, the DOD uh, headquarters scheme uh, to kill off the military. So that's, that's really good news to hear. And I think it's particularly important with the Navy because a lot of people don't know how we force project power overseas is through the Navy. That's why you yeah. have the Marines. The Marines are the Navy's little army. Uh, they have their own naval air, everything. That's how you force project. Uh, and that, that's most important um, to be able to have that capability. So that makes sense uh, as well. That's, that's very important. But what about the, um, they've changed, the, there's so much uh, myocardius and uh, problems with pilots yeah. uh, that they've, uh, they've uh, the, um, the civilian head of, um, I forget what she is, uh, so should Dr. be Northrup? fired. Yeah, that's it. Um, because Susan Northrup. essentially they sabotaged the pilots by make, taking them so many jabs. So that's it's right. not really safe. They're, because when you go up in altitude and stuff, then you've got all kinds of problems. Um, well, that was the that was the whole whistleblowers event that you and I did with Bruce McRae. He was the FAA, the first oh, okay. FAA whistleblower. Um, you know, to his credit, he really led a lot of people to file the inspector general complaints with the DOT. And credit to, to Bruce, you know, he reached out to the doctor. So she's the chief flight surgeon in the FAA and understood that she's, in fact, um, vaccine injured. And say, hey, look, we're here to help you. You're you're hurt too. We got to turn this thing around. And I know Steve Kirsch had some conversation with her and was glory hounding around as he does. Um, but there was a lot of people. Josh Yoder, Doctor Long, when the mandate came down, Teresa Long called over to the FAA to the head flight surgeon. I think it was a man at the time, and said, "Hey, I'm a flight surgeon. We can't be doing this." So a lot of people put the FAA on notice a long time ago and been working on these people um, as long as they could. But, you know, we have to, again, put our heads, how's that to understand, right? It doesn't make any sense. We've got to put our heads in, in their place to really understand it. And I was doing criminal defense work in aviation um, a couple of years ago in Europe, and I stumbled upon a plan that um, Europe was trying to destroy the aviation business, commercial aviation business that, in the Northern European countries, they were being downsized to one airport each uh, per region. And by, that was by 2030 and by 2050, there would be no airports at all in, uh, in Europe. So once you understand that that was already a national goal pre-COVID um, and as it ended through COVID, the, the, I think that the FAA kept this whole thing going for this period of time. Um, because they knew eventually the shots would destroy the aviation business because that's the plan. If you understand Agenda 21, you know, 15-minute cities, they want everybody living in the city center, not out in the bush. They don't want people traveling across continents. They want us to be on Zoom, right? They want to destroy commercial aviation, and I think that's one of the reasons why they did it. And now you've got pilots and others, flight attendants, um, uh, air traffic controllers, who have been saying, no, we've helped a whole lot of them. You, frankly, have helped a whole lot of them. They're standing up, and it goes back to the doctrine of lesser magistrates. Those are the law enforcement people like Bruce um, saying, no, I'm not going to enforce the illegal law. And we find that in the FBI now, in the Bureau, in the, in the CIA. We're finding it in every agency. There are good people 
that are acting as whistleblowers and they're not going with the program. And I think that's how you end up in the Romanian revolution. Um, when people with a gun and a badge saying we're not doing it, uh, you'd better watch out if you're the one giving the orders. And, I, and we got to get that into the local population. We've got to get that into the deputies and the beat cops. So does that tie into, so th- where the mainstream media and Tucker is saying uh, the, the Biden document, uh, that's all a setup as far as I'm concerned. And now the Pence, they're finding all these documents. I don't believe any of that, that they're trying to eliminate. I think, and I, uh, this is a former Naval Intelligence and DIA uh, guy, David Real, who said this is a way to um, get rid of the Secret Service that isn't loyal to Biden, that is loyal to Trump and the Constitution, that it's going to come out that the Secret Service planned all these things and Trump was behind it. Uh, I don't for, for a minute think that this is real documents being found. I think this is totally uh, contrived. But does that fit into what you are saying? Uh, not so much about taking them out back and lining them up, uh, but um, legally or more psychologically through another PSYOP. Yeah. Um, and it's organic. I, I think this is organic. I, I really look. I, nothing would make me happier than to understand there were some good guys making, you know, making it hard for this whole thing to happen. And I think that that is true. However, they had help. It's kind of like you know, Dr. Chambers. He says when the paratroopers went behind the enemy lines of World War II, they had to find each other because the, their uh, attrition was so horrible. I think that's where we're at. There are good people inside of these places that are saying, no, we're not doing this. What you're offering is an illegal order. And when you come to understand that your own government, you know, isn't here to help you, they're here to kill you. When you understand that, are you really going to aid and abet them in that? It just took this long for people to catch up to that, to, to actually embrace this reality because it's so impossible to believe. And yet, you know, you see mother falling over dead and, and healthy 24-year-old Olympian falling over dead, and they have one thing in common, and that's the damn shots. And when you understand um, that those shots were done by our government, those were made by our government for the purpose of killing 7 billion people, um, no, humanity's not going to go along with that. And the guy coming across the board, if he's Guatemalan or from you know, Guyana, it doesn't make a bit of difference they have that same human principle, you know, which is, is family, God, and country. It might be their own God. It might be their own country. But, but those are ethos that humans share across any border. Well, and the other point there is uh, the deep state's cover is their concealment. And now you just yeah. saw uh, Tucker coming out about the CIA assassinating Kennedy and setting up Nixon, Bob Woodward being an ex-naval um, intelligence officer and all of that stuff. And if you look at the time frame for that, now if you look at the time frame of uh, the uh, COVID being uncovered through the DOD, and I had Sasha Latipova on yeah. a Bright Young show a while back, and she was great. She is I great. I to mention that. That connects into everything you're, you're saying. And Catherine Watts, by the way. Oh, they, they're losing cover and concealment at a much quicker rate than they ever did before. So that means That's to right. me, they're losing more human terrain uh, more quickly. As yeah, well. I, yes, and, and I don't think it helps that people are now able to see you know, that Russia went into their territory. Ukraine is Russian territory, and they only went into the, right. you know, the, the little bits down by Donbass, um, and, and they have not progressed into, into Kiev and the other parts of Ukraine. Um, they're actually abiding by the Minsk Accord, which is what everybody agreed 
right? Earlier, it was 2011, I think, if memory serves. But prior agreement, they were actually honoring that accord. And in the meantime, everybody that's gone in there to fight them is, is dead. I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands. My point in saying that is, you know, Russia bad. Um, you know, that's losing its momentum. People are finally starting to go, wait a minute. There's another side to this that we're missing that the only country that's standing up to the WEF, to, to the WHO, is Russia, right? And they're the ones that found the biolabs. Whose biolabs did they find in Ukraine? Ours, Americans, the same ones that produced the same biotoxins that they found everywhere. That was our country did that in Ukraine. It was the, the color revolution in Ukraine 2014 was our country. That was an Obama thing. Um, and Susan Rice and who was the other one anyway, that was our government doing that. Gulf of Tonkin never happened. And yet we went into right. Vietnam. There were no weapons of mass destruction that caused the Iraq war, yet we did it. So I'm sorry, who's the bad guy here? And then people are starting to understand this, that, that you know, our hands are not clean either. We've just been fooled all this time. That's a real interesting point because Gulf of Tonkin was a false flag, started with Green Berets, then 60,000 Americans eventually killed. Uh, Afghanistan. That too, uh, this week I'm going to have on one right. of the five, five, nine, five guys who says there were two wars. The first war was won by the Green Berets in a matter of weeks. The second war was just sticking around. But I had on George Webb the other day, and I also showed some film, some Russian film of uh, bombed uh, U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. And uh, George admitted uh, that the Ukraine peace deal had not happened um, so they're dragging that out. But the other thing that hasn't happened is overt, not covert, because there's just a seal. They say he's AWOL. He wasn't AWOL. He was, he was chopped to the agency. Uh, it was just KIA. But they haven't been able to draw overt U.S. troops into Ukraine uh, yeah. because there, isn't the, there just isn't the will. Everybody's caught on to this. That's right. As opposed to Afghanistan and big, big Afghanistan, not SF Afghanistan uh, and Vietnam and, and all of that as well. So that I think that is that um, supports your point of view as well. But I also want to ask you about, uh, you know, I work in competitive intelligence and biotech only for the good guys. But I've said that the uh, tobacco civil suits that were then you, the same precedent was used for the opioid civil suits will be used for the mRNA civil suits, except that uh, all of the big uh, legal drug cartels have written into it that they're not liable. But the, of course, that was there. That was false. So maybe they are liable. Or, uh, and this is the second part of my question. Or, or is it to to go after the insurance uh, through uh, local hospitals? How do we flank them? Which is the way? Is it the precedence that was established through tobacco and opioid and can be uh, established and applied to the mRNA? Or uh, is it through uh, uh, insurance uh, claims against local hospitals and communities and medical structures? I think it's actually all of the above. So the, the complicating factor in, in relation to the litigation on the shots themselves, the people that made them, 
um, and the hospital homicides that were either standalone homicides or part of the whole problem is really three pieces of legislation, maybe four, the CARES Act, the Cures Act, the PREP Act, all of which provide certain immunities to those entities. Add on top of that the fact that there was a national emergency declaration that happened, um, followed by a public health emergency declaration. When those declarations took place, the, the Constitution was effectively suspended. And what happened is COVID countermeasures became a weapon, if you will, of our government against this, this foe called COVID. But it really was anybody you know, going against the government that was the, the foe. So that weapon was exempted from all kinds of laws. Um, and, and the question is whether the National um, Emergencies Act, combined with the Public Health Emergency Act, actually operated to, um, to cause Article Three courts, trial courts, the federal trial courts, to lack um, jurisdiction to hear cases, to lack justiciability to hear the cases. And I think that that's why most of these cases have not been heard, is the federal judges are looking at these acts. Um, it's 50 U.S.C. 1601. When that happened, the question is whether or not anybody has the, the legal basis to actually bring the suit. So... We have to be creative then as lawyers to say, how did all of this happen? How do we undo it? And I think it starts with the declaration of the national emergency in the first case. That was a fraud. There was no emergency. The whole thing was predicated on a, on a bunch of nonsense, fake figures, um, a plan, event 201, Rockefeller, lockstep. All of that is provable. And when you take out the national emergency, then come in the Article Three courts the, that actually have jurisdiction to hear these cases, and, the, and universally so, amongst other things. At the end of the day, there's nothing that can replace judicial notice, right? When the judges themselves go, oh, crap, our government tried to kill all these people. You know, it's them that make that decision as to whether they want to hear that case or not, whether they sua sponte dismiss the case or whether they find a way, a rationale in the law to let it move forward. So I, I say that with some level of confidence because our case got kicked out on that basis all the way back in uh, like November of 2021, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, our federal district court judge dismissed our case and it was, said it was not justiciable. We, we hadn't even alleged enough in our complaint to, to consider it a lawsuit. Um, we, we filed an appeal to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and survived yet another motion to dismiss by the DOD. Um, and then, again, we had a motion to dismiss just you know, last week, effectively, when they filed um, the NDAA with the court and said, well, the controversy is no matter. It's no more because the, the, the mandate's been rescinded. And yet... Our case hangs on. We got in front of the, the 10th Circuit and made oral arguments on the 18th of November um, of last year. Our case suffered a, a motion to dismiss right before that, and yet we're still here. The court asked us to provide supplemental pleadings. What I'm trying to say to you is that even in the liberal 10th Circuit area, judges are going, wait a minute, hold, hold up here, because all of that was in this lawsuit. What I'm seeing on TV was in that lawsuit. I saw it. And now they're giving us excuses to be heard. They're, they're effectively helping us unwind this mess. And, and I think whether that's pro se litigants, complainants against hospitals, um, there is a, a notion of justice that, that despite all of these indemnifications, um, despite the, uh, the immunities granted, it's not going to hold. We're going to find justice just as we did with uh, the opiates and, and tobacco. There will be a way.
So you're you're really describing, I think, a uh, lawfare resistance movement. Wherever you, it's like yeah. mercury, where you wherever you try and squish it down in one place, it pops up someplace else. That's right. Because uh, it, COVID insurance uh, claims, as far as I know, correct me, please. I know it's yet, but you're also talking about all of the service members who have been dismissed uh, and lost their retirements uh, and their benefits, and they have not been made whole. By That's all right. That seems to be the way, the way you're going. But there's also the flanking maneuvers in the UK of the insurance payments, which haven't been much lately. But uh, is is that correct? And are there other yeah. places where that's happened? No, that that is correct. And, and of those acts, you know, they were designed as, as a trade that the the companies, the people that uh, utilize COVID countermeasures were indemnified. In return, you get to go to the special vaccine court where you can get your your uh, your damages. Right. That that was the way that they were laid out. But there are other cases, for instance, you know, simple negligence is um is whether or not it was appropriate standard of care for that doctor when you entered that hospital to give you midazolam, right? The very same drug that they used to kill prisoners. He was following a, a protocol, a COVID protocol, but it is still negligent. It's against every standard that any doctor knows um, to provide somebody a tranquilizer to their lungs when they're struggling to breathe. That's pure negligence. Negligence per se, as a matter of fact. So there are other theories, um, insurance, criminal, and otherwise, um, all of which have the effect of flooding the courts and flooding the administrative bodies that hear such cases and complaints um, to the point where they have to provide some level of remedy because all other avenues have been cut off. And when those don't work, comes the law enforcement. Right? When you have that many damaged people and your job is sheriff and people are falling dead everywhere else, um, that has to kick in as well. But people take the law into their own hands. If, if they want to preserve the system, They've got to they've got to use the system. They've got to enforce the law. So this is going to come as an avalanche, Jeffrey, from all of those things. Well, and I think also uh, it's brilliant that you're uh, working uh, with the military because the military is federal, but the military is also by state. So there's a two pronged approach uh, there as well. And of course, out of Florida or Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, where they are declaring, well, it doesn't matter if you've kicked this out uh, because uh, we're, we're enforcing our own borders, as, as right. you have so eloquently said. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. That That's really connecting um, a lot of dots. Um, well, so before we wrap up, uh, I know you're at VaxChoice.com and DRAdvocates.com, which is DisabledRightsAdvocates.com. Uh, uh, is that where you want people to uh, follow you and track you or where else am I? Sure. Missing? Well, that Vax choice is great because people can sign up and just get a daily briefing. We, we spend a lot of time. We have a really good team of people to put together information that, that's new and salient and they put it out in a daily you know, um, mailing that goes directly to you. And then we have a repository of information. Everything you and I talk about uh, is, is already there. Don't believe me. All the evidence is there. We keep it there. And then DR Advocates is the, the law firm. It's my law firm that where we help people, um, mostly pro bono, by the way. And it's mostly service members that we help because they don't earn a lot of money and they're getting persecuted. So people can always find us there uh, as well. And then lastly, you know, we work very closely with Truth for Health Foundation. We do the legal bits. 
Dr. Vleet does a lot of the, the medical bits and she puts out information that people can go and get for free um, to prepare. Prepare yourself. Get, get medically prepared as much as you buy ammunition, stock up on bandages and anything else that you think you might need, supplements. So one last thing I forgot to ask you about is I think right now as we're, as we're uh, live, Arizona uh, is uh, Lake and uh, her attorneys and uh, are uh, pro- still uh, trying to bring cases. I haven't really covered that lately, although I'm mm, yeah. following. Do you foresee uh, that as hopeful? Because there's plenty of fraud. Yeah. It's just getting it prosecuted. I love it. So I think it was you that, that sent me was the, the gavel club, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I love that. These guys are out there. This is, these are pro se litigants and, and they're out there suing and they're doing it on their own. And everybody's got a right to the courts. They're there for you, not for lawyers. You don't need a lawyer. If you want to go to five small stones, the number five, we've got some templates there. Vax Choice also has those templates. Download them and file your own suit. You know, it's all there. Tutorials are there. All the, the form complaints are there and, and get in the fight. And kind of like we did with the military, the reason the military got stopped is because hundreds of thousands of people filed their own complaints and said, no, we're not going with it. We papered them. We can do the same thing on a very grand scale here. All of humanity can do that in every single country. If you don't answer a lawsuit, you know what happens? It's a default judgment. You get to execute on that. The government has to answer all of them, and there aren't enough U.S. attorneys. There aren't enough you know, public defenders or district attorneys, whoever has to defend the, the government. They, there's a handful of them. We can overwhelm them, and we can win these suits without so much as a fight from the other sides. We just have to get people involved and active uh, and inspired to do that, and I know you do that every day. <laughs> You're so complimentary, but you're also very hopeful and your, your, your insight really helps so much. Well, thank you for coming on because you connected a lot of dots and answered a lot of questions. Uh, and I will, uh, we'll, we'll have you back on real soon. Uh, and um, uh, I will continue to follow all your great work. I'm going to have some of your associates on uh, pretty soon, as you suggested, uh, Lisa McGee, I think, and Don and any others you suggest, Beautiful. let me know. Uh, and uh, Doc Pete, Lieutenant Colonel Doc yep. Pete, uh, as well. One of your colleagues. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> it's really a pleasure. Jeffrey, thank you for having me, always. All right. Take care. Well, there's the uh, great uh, Todd Callender, who's uh, answered so many of my questions and made so much sense. Uh, and, you know, I guess I was getting kind of cynical, but that's right. Uh, that's a psyop, that is to break our morale. Uh, and uh, control us, and uh, we're not going to let that uh, happen. Morale is very important to all of this. So fear not, God bless, and keep the faith. Hold fast. We are winning. This is what winning looks like. But remember, freedom is never given. It must be earned. It must be won. It must be fought for, and it must be taken. So take it.